Amen. <laughs> I'll tell this on myself real quick. I was speed studying on the on the uh, pew back there whenever we were singing "How Great Thou Art," and I didn't. I thought we were on the last verse because I was had my head in the book, and I heard a pause, and I said, "249." And then y'all started the fourth verse. I was like, "Ow!" <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I tell you, uh, the worship service here this weekend has been wonderful. The love that y'all have shown us has been wonderful. Uh, the grace that y'all have shown us has been wonderful. and uh, The Lord's presence has been wonderful. I felt him already this morning uh, in the song service. And uh, please pray that the Lord will continue to bless us. Uh, yesterday as I was meditating, I thought today that We'd be looking at another subject, but not that way. If you have your Bibles with you, like to turn over to Hebrews chapter 13 again this morning. We're going to revisit the subject we started with yesterday, with Lord willing. Verse 9, the writer here writes, the inspired Word of God. The Word of God says, Be not carried about with divers and strange doctrines, for it is a good thing that the heart be established with grace. And I, I just want us to understand, this is the Word of God. This is God speaking to us. And God tells us, it is a good thing. And we looked at that word good a little bit yesterday, that good means beautiful. Good means magnificent. Good means <laughs> handsome. <laughs> I mean, it's just not like, like I was talking about, oh, that's a good cup of coffee. Good here just means it, it, it's excellent. And, the, and God is telling us that it is a good thing for you and I to be established with grace, for our hearts to be established with grace. Not, not just a little, little bit of grace, but just firmly planted, firmly established on grace. And we try to look at, we try to, I try to introduce the subject of looking at... Uh, the importance of being established with grace in, in, in three different areas. One, uh, that we, the reason it's good for us to understand that salvation, eternal salvation I'm talking about, us being saved from hell to heaven is solely by the God-given grace of God. By the grace of God is because it gives all glory, honor, and praise to God. Uh, over in uh, Romans chapter uh, 11, I believe it is, Paul says, if it's by grace, then it's not works. And if it's by works, then it's not grace. And if you understand that concept, then you understand if you introduce a little works into salvation by grace, you're taking away glory from God. You know, one of the reasons that I'm able to be an old Baptist preacher, because the Bible's simple. And some of my brethren, they hate it when I say this. Uh, and because, it, because people, a lot, a lot of people who have great educations, they take it the wrong way and they, and they think I'm glorifying ignorance and I'm not. But uh, in this day and age, brothers and sisters, it's so easy to get discouraged. I, I, I want you to understand, quit using excuses for not reading the Word of God. Okay? The, uh, uh, the Bible over in Psalms says uh, it makes the simple wise. You know, I mean, if you feel to be dumb, you need to be reading the Bible. <laughs> Because it says it makes the simple wise. It gives 
understanding of the simple. But I want you to understand, whenever I first took the ACT to go to college, I made a 13 in English on ACT. Okay? That's not like SAT where 1300 is kind of good. This is ACT, meaning I couldn't even go to the to the junior of junior colleges with that score. You understand what I'm saying? And, 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 and I'm able to read the Bible and I'm able to understand it. Are you getting what I'm saying? It's not, it's not too difficult for you to understand. My dad dropped out of high school whenever he was in ninth grade. He was 18 years old in ninth grade. He wasn't doing real good, okay? Uh, at the age of 64, he read the Bible all the way through in eight and a half months. Because there was a desire within him. Brothers and sisters, the, uh, uh, Paul talks about, uh, uh, I, uh, I am concerned, I'm not going to quote it verbatim, but I am concerned that, that the same way, uh, over in 2 Corinthians 11 and 3, the same way that, uh, uh, that, that's, that the serpent beguiled Eve, uh, that you would be beguiled from the simplicity which is in Christ Jesus. I'm going to tell you, it's simple. Salvation by grace is simple. You know what grace means? It means unmerited favor, unearned favor. And I'm going to say that means God gave it to us when we didn't deserve it. And you know why we didn't, you know why, you know why it has to be that way? Because we didn't deserve it. We could do nothing to deserve it. And it says, and in my mind, the three major points I want to just reestablish and just come away with. Number one, one reason it's so important. For us to understand salvation totally by the grace of God. It gives all glory to God. If you say you had anything to do with it, it takes away glory from God. Number two, brothers and sisters, it, if I understand that without the grace of God, I have no goodness within me. Whenever I do see goodness within me, you know what that means? The grace of God must be inside of me. You understand what I'm saying? So you know what that means? That means that I have eternal life living in me. The second reason it's important for us to understand uh, that salvation is totally by the grace of God, for you to understand that you're saved, for you to understand that you're a born-again child of God, for you to understand that there are attributes uh, that you exhibit that only people who are going to heaven have. There are characteristics that you have that only people that are going to be in glory, only they are the only ones that have. And so whenever you see yourself with those characteristics, you know what you know? I'm going to heaven. I don't, want, I don't ever want a little child of God. I remember Brother Sam Bryant said this one time. He said a brother came up to him and said, Brother Sam, the way you preach that, a goat might think that he's going to go to heaven. <laughs> and, and I'm going to tell you, a goat has no, has no spiritual inclination of wanting to go to heaven because he don't believe in the God who created heaven. You understand that? But Brother Sam said, I would a lot rather for a goat think that he's going to go to heaven after hearing my preaching than for a sheep to think he's going to go to hell. I'm going to tell you, comfort ye, comfort ye, my people, saith your God. And the third reason, third point that I hope we get to this morning is that because we understand how much, just what grace is, and, and, and how much love and mercy was shed on us through the grace of God that bringeth salvation, just how much we didn't deserve it. And God tells us to treat people the same way that He treated us. I'm going to tell you, the grace that we received uh, 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 in eternal salvation, I'm going to tell you, that should inspire us to be better people to people. We, we, we should quit justifying being mean to people. 
We should quit justifying talking about people. Because you know what we always do? We'll, we realize that we shouldn't say it, but we'll say stuff like, I'm just venting, right? You know, I'm just being real. <laughs> just being real is not an excuse to sin, okay? Uh, 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 and things of that. Or, or you don't understand what they've done. You don't understand what I've done. You want somebody to talk about, I'll write you a book and you can talk about it. And it won't be all my good things, it'll be all my bad things, if that'll keep us from running down other people. But, but three major points I want to try to look at. Number one, and we kind of hit on this mostly uh, yesterday, uh, is you give all glory, praise, and honor to God whenever you realize that salvation is totally by the work of God. Go with me back to Ephesians 2 real quick. But what does, uh, what does 1 Corinthians, the last verse of 1 Corinthians 1 say? It says, He that glorieth what? Let him glory in the Lord. Brothers and sisters, I want you to be so happy that you're going to heaven. But I don't want you to be happy in yourself. I want you to be happy in the Lord. Look, I, I don't like these... I don't like it... <laughs> Whenever we become these oh, mealy-mouthed preachers, I do it sometimes too. Whenever I felt the Lord come down from heaven, we understand that if a preacher's ever blessed to preach, that God came down from heaven. Amen? But sometimes, you know, we'll feel that glory that came down from heaven and everybody be lifted up and somebody come up to them and say, Oh, the Lord just bless you. Oh, I don't even know if I'm called to preach. Oh, I'm going to tell you, He's that glory. Let Him glory in the Lord. Brother Tim, if the Lord blesses you, you say, and somebody said, did the Lord bless you today? You say, he sure did. I'm going to tell you, we felt like we were going to heaven. I'm going to tell you, let us don't put down the blessings of God with false, false humility. Now, if you said, I did good, now that's different. <laughs> okay? I ain't did good. I'm just an old vessel. I'm a big old vessel, but I'm an old vessel. You know, you, know, you, talk, you, talk, you talk about the weaknesses of the flesh. I say, so does that mean because I'm bigger than everybody else? I'm weaker than everybody else? They're like, we ain't, ain't going to let you get by with that excuse. But uh, uh, go me over to Ephesians 2 real quick. <laughs> I'm going to try to do a little speed preaching here. In the 8th verse, and we visited this a little bit yesterday, but it says, For by grace are you saved, through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Now, brothers and sisters, I know with the primitive Baptists, there's different debates on what the through faith is there, but, you know, you may have a different opinion than I have and all this stuff, but I tell you what, that through faith isn't. It's not of yourselves. So you know what that means? It's not of me putting my faith into God. Because that would be of myself. If you, if you believe that it's the faith, that, the faith and trust that God had in the work of Jesus Christ, amen, I'm saved by that. If you believe that that's whenever I'm born again and the Lord puts faith in me, the imparting of faith, I'm going to tell you, I'm saved vitally. I receive eternal life whenever I'm born again. If you believe that word faith means the person of Jesus Christ, Amen. I'm saved by the person of Jesus Christ. But I'm going to tell you, because it says not of yourselves, you know what it can't be? It can't be anything that I've ever done to give me salvation. Because it, based, because it boldly says, and that not of yourselves. You know, I've heard people say, you know, Paul never preached against nothing. Have you ever read the Bible? Right here, he's preaching against works. 
Over in Galatians chapter 3, he says there's folks preaching another gospel which be not another. He preaches against people taking away glory from God and eternal salvation. And then look what it says here. Ninth verse. In case, in case you're misunderstanding, <laughs> not of works, lest any man should boast. And you know what? It's not of works and people are still boasting. I don't have to explain that. Y'all live in the world I live in. There, 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 there's a sign I drive by every day, four miles from where, I, from where I pastor at, and it says, you choose heaven or hell. I mean, Jesus died on the cross for you. The Lord of glory, the most powerful being that ever existed, he done that all that you can do, but you just check the box. You, you choose Not of works, lest any man should boast. And look what it says. I love this, Brother Ronald. Because I'm big on simplicity. Not of works. Then look what it says here in the 10th verse. For we are his workmanship. You know what that means? It's not of works. You know why? For we are his work. Isn't that beautiful? It's not of works. Because we are his workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus. Unto good works. I'm going to tell you. You know what else is his workmanship? This world, if you believe that, that, that you have to accept to become a creature of God, to become a born-again child of God, because that's what it's talking about, being a new creature. If you believe you have to say a word, if you believe you have to do a thing, then you would also have to believe that creation was created by doing something. You understand what I'm saying? Because it says we are created in Christ Jesus. I'm going to tell you, the world didn't speak to be the world. I'm going to tell you, the Lord spoke and the world was. And how did the world, how did the Lord create the world? He said, let there be and there was. How, did, how are you born of the Spirit? He says, let there be and there is. He says, live and you live. He says, come forth and you come forth. Then Titus 3 real quick. Verse 5, verse 4. Well, the first three verses talk about how horrible we are by our nature. And there's nothing good there talking about us. And then the fourth verse, it says, But after that, the kindness and love of our, God, of our Savior toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to His mercy, He saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. I, 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 you know, just like people put up those billboards, you choose heaven or hell, or it's your decision, or all this stuff that just makes me cringe. And people ask why I got to preach against it. I said, well, why they got to put it on their board? <laughs> you know, I mean, they're shoving it down our throats. Uh, but I wish I could put this on a billboard. Look, 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 uh, look what it says. Not by works of righteousness, which we have done. Brothers and sisters, 
There's many other verses we could go to to show that salvation is nothing of us. These are just two. Not by works of righteousness, which we have done. By grace, not of ourselves. Not by works, because we are His work. I'm going to tell you, I, I hope we understand it's all of God, and we give all praise, all honor, and all glory to God. And I'm going to tell you, brothers and sisters, over in uh, Isaiah 42, I believe it is, uh, whenever it's talking about Jesus, it said, He shall not fail and He shall not be discouraged. If there's one little one that the Lord loves and that He wants to be in heaven that's not in heaven with Him, guess what He is? He's discouraged. But I'm going to tell you what, brothers and sisters, He did not fail and He's not discouraged because all that He wants to be with Him in heaven, they're going to be there. So, Brother Danny, you preach about this salvation totally by the grace of God. How do I know that I'm one of those? How do I know that I've been saved? How do I know that I'm one of those that's going to be with the Lord in heaven? Go me over to John chapter 6 real quick. In the 44th verse, he says, this is the words of Jesus. He says, no man can come to me except the Father which has sent me draw him, and I will raise him up at the last day. And this drawing here is talking about being drawn from death to life. The word draw does not mean to be enticed. The way people preach drawing sometimes is as if the Lord is trying to entice you with a carrot. I'm going to tell you, if you look that word up, draw, it means to literally take with force from above to go beneath and to bring up. I'm going to tell you, the old timers, and please don't, think I'm being disrespectful. We do not respect the elderly like we should. And whenever I say old times, I mean in the most respectful way possible. I, I, I respect the old timers. They have so much wisdom and they worked harder than I've ever worked in my life. But the old timers, whenever my grandma would have to go get water to, to, to boil for a bath, you know, whenever she went to draw that water, she didn't stick that bucket beside that creek and say, y'all get on in the bucket now. Come on, water, get up in here. I'm about to go warm you up on the fire. You, you, you don't want to be down here. It's too cold. I'm about to put you on that fire. You're going to like it up there. You know what she did? She took that bucket, she dumped it in the water, and she took that water by force from above. You know what? I, whenever I think about being drawn, you know what I like to think about? I like to think about Moses. And I, I'm going to tell you, I, I'm just going to turn my watch upside down. I'm not going to look up there. But uh, I like to think about Moses. Y'all think about Moses, brothers and sisters. And, and uh, <laughs> I'll just get rid of myself. We, we're just going to preach a little while, all right? Y'all think about Moses. Because of his nature, if you're not familiar with the Exodus scene, go read the first couple chapters of Exodus. Because of his nature, you know what happened to Moses? He was thrown in a river. He's not like, oh, no, Brother Danny, his mama made him a little boat. Yeah, she made him a little boat, you know out of grass and everything. I'm sure that would have really prevented a crocodile from eating him. You know, I'm a gator hunter. I hunt gators down in Louisiana. I mean, there ain't much going to keep a gator from eating what he wants to eat, certainly not some little grass. But what I want you to understand, brothers and sisters, and, I, and, I, and the reason I say crocodile, he, he was over in Egypt, probably the Nile River. And by his nature, because of the, because of the lineage of who he was born into, his destination was doom. 
You understand that? He was supposed to die because he was a male child of a Jew. And you, and, and you know what his mama did? His mama took him and, and she did the best that she could. They hid him. And then when she couldn't hide him anymore, she placed him in a little, uh, I forget the word there, but a little art made out of grass. I'll just put it like that. And if that's not exactly what it is, then, then y'all can correct me later. And then uh, put him in the water there, put him in the river, and his sister watched to see what was going to happen to him. But I want you to understand, brothers and sisters, if royalty wouldn't have passed by, if royalty wouldn't have intervened, the destination, the, the end result of Moses would have been death. But royalty, the daughter of Pharaoh, the daughter of the king, I want you to understand, royalty passed by and seen Moses in that, in that deplorable condition, seen Moses and that, what, what am I trying to say? Helpless condition. And she went and she drew him out of the water. The Bible says she had compassion on him. I want you to understand, Moses in that situation was us. He could not help himself. He could not defend himself. He was going to die. But I'm going to tell you, royalty passed by and had compassion on him. And she called him Moses. You know why? Because she drew him out of the water. She didn't say, Moses, you want to go live in the castle? And he went, why? <laughs> he couldn't have answered her. I'm going to tell you, her love, her compassion, caused her to draw him out of that water. She said, I'm going to call him Moses because I drew him out of the water. You know what you and I are? We're all a bunch of little Moseses. I'm going to tell you, we were laying in a helpless condition. And the Lord looked upon us, and you know what He did? He drew us. And how do I know that I'm drawn, Brother Danny? How do I know that I'm a Moses? You know what it says? No man can come to me except the Father which hath sent me draw him. Are you coming to the Lord this morning? Do you want to see Jesus? Have you ever prayed to a God that you've never seen with your visible eyes? I'm going to tell you, that's coming on the Lord. And the only way that anybody can ever do that is if they've been drawn out of death into life. Brothers and sisters, you praying to God, that is a very evidence that you're going to be in heaven one day. The Bible says the spirit of adoption enters our heart whereby we cry, Abba, Father. If you've ever said, Lord, I just need help. If you've ever said, Lord, I don't know what to do. If you've ever said, Lord, please be with my children. Please be with my grandchildren. If you ever said, Lord, I'm just at my wit's end. If you've ever said, Lord, I just thank you for being so good to me. I'm going to tell you, you're going to be in heaven one day. Oh, praise God. Because I'm looking at a lot of people going to be in heaven one day. Because mo most of y'all weren't drugged by your parents to get here. Y'all came here because you wanted to see Jesus. And you know why that is? Because God the Father drawn you one day and put that spirit within you. Oh, brothers and sisters, I want you to know you're the little child of God. He said, I wasn't going to look up there a lot again. Going back over to Titus chapter 2.
verse 11. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men. What brings salvation? The unmerited favor of God. Bring it, that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men. And you know, I, I told y'all yesterday, I was 21 when I first started reading the Bible. And there was a lot of things that people who was raised up in Old Baptist Church understood that I didn't understand. Stuff like the word world, stuff like the word all, stuff like that. And uh, <clears throat> this was one of the things that kind of not made me stumble, but made me scratch my head because I understood by reading the Bible and by the Spirit touching me as I read it that <clears throat> salvation was totally by the grace of God, that election and predestination was true. But I'd be like, okay, what does that all men mean? You know, what does it all men mean? And, and this is important for us to understand. You know that <sighs> salvation... And the love of God, the concept of salvation and the love of God towards people besides Jews was a new concept. Did you know that? Just read the Bible. Read the New Testament. I believe it's Luke chapter 4 whenever the Lord Jesus Christ tells the Pharisees there, He tells them about the Lord showing mercy to Naaman the leper who was a Syrian who was the enemy of the Jews uh, during the days of Elisha, or Elisha, ever how you want to say it. And he said there was a bunch of uh, lepers in Israel that the Lord didn't heal. But he chose by the hand of Elisha to uh, heal Naaman the leper. And he said there was a lot of days, uh, uh, in the days of uh, Elijah, there was a lot of widows in Israel. But the Lord didn't send Elijah to a widow of Israel, to a Jewish widow. He sent Elijah to a Gentile widow. And he sustained that Gentile widow. And you know what the result of him preaching that God had compassion on people beside Jews was? Brother Tim, did they say, glory, hallelujah, God loves Gentiles. That's amazing. You know what they said? They said, we don't like what you just said, so we're going to pick up these rocks and try to kill you. I, I, I want you to understand, whenever we read the Bible, sometimes we need to put ourselves... Uh, where they are and what they believed at that time. And the Jews did not believe that God's love extended beyond the realms of the Jews. And here is Apostle Paul, a Jew, preaching to the Gentiles, and he's telling them that God's love is worldwide. It's out of every nation, every kindred, every tongue, every people. And then look what it says here. And, that, and that's the same way I take the word world in 3.16. He's saying, you Jew, God just don't love you and your people. His love is worldwide. Out of every kindred, tongue, people, nation. And then, but look what it says here. For the grace, how do I know that the grace of God has appeared unto me? For the grace of God that bringeth salvation has appeared to all men. All manner of men is what that's saying. Teaching us. It, what, what, what that saying is, not just to Jews, but of all nations, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. You know what this just told me? It told me that the grace of God teaches us something. Look what the grace of God teaches us. Look, it says, teaching us. See, the grace of God that brings salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust. Is there, it says the grace of God 
teaches us that. How do I know that I have received the grace of God? Is there something within you telling you to deny ungodliness? Is there something within you that says, don't watch that? Is there something within you that says, don't look at that? Is there something within you that says, don't say that? Is there something within you that says, don't do that? Do y'all have something within you that says that? You know what that is? That's the grace of God. And you know what you have received? Salvation. And it also talks about looking at that blessed hope. Is there anything within you whenever people talk about the resurrection? (laughs) <laughs> that you're like, today, Lord. <laughs> today, Lord, I want to tell you, you know what you are? You're a child of God. And you know why you're a child of God? Because God loves you. That's it. You know why you're a child of God? Because Jesus died for you. <laughs> and you know why he's coming back to get you one day? Because he's going to get what he bought. <laughs> Brothers and sisters, and you just think about all the stuff that you've done. A lot of times... Whenever we think about our actions, we compare ourselves to ourselves. I'm going to get it better off. (laughs) We compare ourselves to ourselves. And we say, we're really not that bad because we look at somebody who's doing worse than us. I'm going to tell you, whenever we're trying to justify our sins, we don't look at Brother Ronald, do we? (laughs) You know, know? I mean, whenever I want to think about how how much I've traveled as a preacher, I'm not going to compare myself to Brother Ronald, you know? I mean, mean, he's traveled way more than me. And I'm going to prepare myself somebody who just got ordained. I mean, I don't do that, but I'm just saying. But but we do that. Whenever we want to make ourselves feel better about ourselves, we we try to look for the lesser, which there is no lesser. We're all sinners. And I'm going to tell you, brothers and sisters, what I want you to understand, whenever you start comparing yourself to somebody, compare yourself to Jesus. Compare yourself to righteousness. Compare yourself to glory. I'm going to tell you, brothers and sisters, we, without the blood of Christ, we are a stank in the nostrils of God. But what I love, I love, I love Matthew 25. You know why I love Matthew 25? Whenever the Lord takes the sheep and He puts them on His right hand, and, the, and His sheep on the right hand, the goats on the left, whenever He talks to the sheep, you know how many bad works He mentions about the sheep? Not a one. Brothers and sisters, you are sheep. I'm a sheep. Have we done bad works? Of course we have. You know why he didn't mention one bad work they've ever done? Because whenever he was looking at them, he was looking at them through the blood of Jesus Christ. And I'm going to tell you, whenever he looked at the goats, he didn't mention one good works they ever done. You know why? Because if you're not a child of God, you can't do a good work. I want you to understand, if you've ever done anything that the Bible calls good, just because it's good, you are a child of God. But I also want you to understand, the same way the Lord tells us to treat our brothers and sisters with the same grace that God has treated us, with the same tender heart, with the same kindness, with the same love, I'm going to tell you, if God looks at me through the blood of Jesus Christ and He doesn't see what, uh, what I did, because if He did, I would be going to hell, I'm going to tell you, whenever I look at Brother Ronald, I don't need to look and remember that time he accidentally stepped on my ingrown toenail two years ago. I need to look at him through the blood of Jesus Christ. Brothers and sisters, that's the only way you and I are going to make it. That's the only way, and and, and I believe the church of God will be here until He comes back. But I don't believe that it's a promise it's going to be here or where I pastor at. we got to labor to that end, amen? 
And I'm going to tell you, brothers and sisters, I can't remember what you did last week. I can't remember what you did the week before. I, I firmly believe this with all my heart. If you haven't done anything to be excluded, and I haven't done anything for you to vote me out as being pastor, every Sunday we come here, we need to forget about the past and just try to talk good about one another, try to build one another up, and try to love one another the way that God loved us. Amen? That's Bible. You know what? You know why he says you do it? For Jesus' sake. For Jesus' sake. Y'all remember Sodom and Gomorrah? I'll talk to you a little bit and I'm going to quit. About doing something for somebody else's sake. Sodom and Gomorrah, Genesis 19. The Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. Lot did horrible things. You go and read that. I'm not even going to mention all the stuff he did, but he did horrible things. And you know what it says? It says that those angels came and told Lot, let's go. And it says that Lot lingered, and he wanted to stay there. And those angels fetched him. <laughs> those angels took hold of him and brought him out of there. And then at the end of Genesis 19, whenever it talks about how the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, it says that whenever the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, that he remembered Abraham and delivered Lot. You know why Lot didn't get burned up with the rest of Sodom and Gomorrah? Not because he offered his two daughters to an angry mob, which I can't even understand. Not because whenever the Lord said go, he didn't go. I'm going to tell you the reason that Lot was delivered by God from Sodom and Gomorrah and from being burned up that day is because of Abraham. And I'm going to tell you there was a time when David said, is there anybody here of the lineage of, John, of Jonathan that I can show mercy to for Jonathan's sake. David didn't even know that Mephibosheth existed. And Saul and Jonathan's servant, Ziba, says, <laughs> Mephibosheth? But he's so crippled, he, he got to live with somebody. He lives with another man. He can't even take care of himself. And the Lord... <laughs> Brought Mephibosheth there. And you got to understand, Mephibosheth's grandpa was the king before David, and he tried to kill David. And can't you see that? Because what they did back then, it was a lineage of a king. If, if, if I'm king, and, uh, and the Lawrences come, and, and now they're king instead of Wisner king... You know what all the wizards are going to be scared of? They're going to be scared of the Lawrences. And Mephibosheth was probably scared. Whenever, whenever David called him to his house, I could just see him being fearful. He, and you know what David told him? He said, fear not. And he gave him riches. He gave him land. And he said, you're going to sit and eat at the king's table for the rest of your life. And you know why he did it? For Jonathan's sake. What I want you to understand, he didn't even know, David didn't even know that Mephibosheth existed. But he was still kind to him. He was still loving to him because of a covenant that he had made with Jonathan. I'm going to tell you, brothers and sisters, there are some sins that people that is hard for people to forgive folks for that aren't hard for me to forgive folks for. And there are some folks that are 
easy for other folks to forgive folks for, that's very hard for me to forgive them for. You understand what I'm saying? There's some folks that I have no problem. I don't hold grudges against them. But there's some folks, just the very mention of their name, I hold a grudge against. That ought not to be. I need to train myself to be kind, to be tenderhearted, and to be loving. Not because that person deserves it. Not because I'm cutting them a break. But I'm going to tell you, you know why? For Jesus' sake. Brothers and sisters, <laughs> if it ain't going to help the situation, if you're not involved in it, don't talk about it. I'm going to tell you, I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm tired of biting and devour one another. There's a good friend of mine. He, he was over in a certain area. And he told me, he said, um, he said, you know, in that area, a lot of the young folks, a lot of a certain age group aren't there anymore. They're not young anymore. But there's one family where that whole age group is there. And I went and I asked them, what was the difference? And they said, you know, we came to find out later on in our years that there was a lot of turmoil going on in the area. But our parents never talked about it. Our parents never bite and devoured one another. Whenever they talked about the church of God, all they did was talk about the glory of it, the goodness of it. Now, don't, don't misunderstand me. They didn't stick their head in the sand. They still practiced church discipline. But I'm going to tell you, brothers and sisters, we are... What am I trying to say here? We're sinners. If you, if you want to nitpick, if you want to take your magnifying glass out, I mean, you don't have to have a very big one with me. I mean, there's a lot of stuff about me that will irritate you. Just ask my wife. I mean, there's, there's just a lot of things I do that if you want to find something to nitpick about, we, <laughs> you're, you're going to be able to find it. But brother says, that's not grace. Why should I extend grace to you? Because God extended grace to me. I deserve to go to hell, and I'm going to heaven. I'm going to tell you, Brother Danny, it, 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 says, that, it says that we need to have our speech seasoned with salt I won't when, look the, it says the Lord loveth a cheerful giver I'm, and whenever I step down y'all remember that brother Tim is getting up at 40 after 11 so y'all give him some space I was the selfish one <laughs> but I want you to understand this it says the Lord loveth a cheerful giver if you're, if you're being nice to somebody act like you're being nice to them Don't, you know here's five dollars you know I forgive you, but you better get away from here. You know, the Lord loveth a cheerful giver. Have our, I'm going to tell you what, just because you shake somebody's hand don't mean you're being nice to them. Brother, I love you. It's good to see you. I'm praying for you. Oh, brothers and sisters, God's been so good to us. Why should we be established in grace? Because we give all glory to God. Why should we be established for grace? Because if we understand that we were dead without the grace of God, if we see spiritual life in us, we understand that we're going to heaven. Why should we be established for grace? Because if we understand how good and how powerful and how much grace was extended to us, and we're supposed to do the same thing to other people, I'm going to tell you, brothers and sisters, we'll be kinder, we'll be more tenderhearted, and we'll just be more loving to God's people. I love you and God bless you. Thank you all so much for having us.